0: Fire Nation, in the house, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1616 of EO Fire, where I am chatting with today's most inspiring entrepreneur, seven days a week. Are you ready to turn your funnels on fire, Fire Nation? Well, we have a free step-by-step course awaiting you at funnelonfire.com. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Paul Moore. Paul? Paul? Are you prepared to ignite?
1: I'm smoking, John.
0: Yes! (laughs) Paul has an MBA and was a two-time finalist for Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year. He's flipped 80 properties, appeared on HGTV, developed a waterfront subdivision, a Hyatt hotel, and a multifamily fund. He's the author of The Perfect Investment, Create Enduring Wealth from the Historic Shift to Multifamily Housing. Paul, take a minute. Fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: All right, John. Well, thanks. I am married for almost 30 years. Uh, I've got four kids ranging from 23-year-old down to 11. Grew up in Ohio, lived in Detroit, Michigan for a while where I worked at Ford Motor Company. And I currently live near the Blue Ridge Mountains of southwestern Mm -hmm. Virginia. I uh, got an engineering degree and an MBA, like you said, and I've been a serial entrepreneur for... About 25 years now with over a dozen startups, including a ground-up multifamily facility, a Hyatt Hotel, wireless internet company, and an online real estate marketing portal. And I'm actually the author of two books. You mentioned one of them. I'm also the co-founder of a company called Wellings Capital. where a multifamily investment firm. And I co-host a wealth building podcast, oddly enough, called How to Lose Money.
0: (laughs) Love that title. It definitely raises the eyebrows, which is very important in today's age. And Paul, with all of that going on, what would you say in just a couple sentences is your one area of expertise? If I had to hold your feet to the fire.
1: Well, I spent a lot of years uh, up and down in my entrepreneurial journey, and I've, I've come to the place where my expertise now is pooling funds from dozens or even hundreds of investors to purchase and operate large-scale multifamily properties.
0: Okay, so within that, what's something that we as entrepreneurs probably don't know that we should know, especially if we're going to be getting into something like that?
1: Well, I am all for taking risks as an entrepreneur. I've taken a lot of risks. I still do. But what I recommend to young entrepreneurs now is don't swing for the fences with all your investment capital and certainly not with others. It may work, but it's not sustainable for most people over a long period of time. John, there's a difference between investing and speculating. Investing is when your principal is safe and there's a chance for a profit. But when your principal is at risk and there's still a chance for a profit, that's called speculating. And I actually confused the two for years and it cost me mm. dearly. Mm. And I would never want to do that again with my, with all my investment capital, at least, and certainly not with any of my investor capital.
0: Well, the phrase that I like, Fire Nation, is you can't lose it all if you don't bet it all. So just keep that in mind. And Paul, with all of this you know, ups and downs that you've experienced throughout your life, what would you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date? Take us to that moment. Tell us that story.
1: Well, when I left Ford in the early 90s, we started an HR consulting firm. And uh, after about five years, like you said, I was a finalist for Entrepreneur of the Year a few times. And uh, we sold that company for $2.9 million. And it uh, it was a great chance for us to escape to the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, which we did about 19 years ago. We uh, bought 120 acres on top of a beautiful mountain. We had a pond, stocked pond, trails uh and uh, we started a nonprofit organization to connect with international students who were studying in the US and had never set foot in an American's home uh we uh basically gave them a chance to walk on the trails and fish and uh, milk a cow and ride a goat or sometimes vice versa <laughs> and uh basically stay in an American's home now Semi retirement at age 35 sounds like a lot of fun, but actually, I was a high energy entrepreneur and I, I just couldn't do this for long. So, my friend and I started flipping homes. And the first home we flipped, we were able to sell as a for sale by owner in about four hours for about a $24,000 profit. So, I thought, well, this is really easy. We can do this several <laughs> times a month. So we began flipping homes and we flipped about 50 or 60 homes, mostly very successful. Uh, We built a few modular homes, stick-built homes. I I developed an online real estate portal and everything was going well, but I wanted more. So I actually began flipping high-end waterfront lots at a resort area in the Blue Ridge Mountains called Smith Mountain Lake. We um, we bought lots that had been originally purchased uh, for ten or fifty thousand dollars in the seventies or eighties, and we were able to buy them for a few hundred thousand dollars. Now these lots were overgrown; you couldn't see the water. People hadn't visited their own lot for years. We bought these for cash. We cleared out the underbrush. We thinned the trees. We made it into like a park-like setting. We got a dock permit, took beautiful photos, and we advertised it on our website. And we were able to make about a $100,000 profit on these lots because the real estate market was on fire at the time. Um, we were able to sell these lots for, say, 400000 up to a million dollars. We, we started getting investors. We got multiple lots going at once. And uh, it was not only profitable, but a lot of fun. Now, John, we should have seen the signs that the real estate market was turning. (laughs) Fortune Magazine's uh, headline, uh, their cover story in uh, 2005 was, the real estate bubble is about to burst. But, you know, there's a song called The Boxer" by Simon and Garfunkel. It says, a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the the rest. rest. That's right. And we should have listened. But... The siren song of the real estate gurus and our growing bank accounts caused us to ignore this. So we continued to buy these lots at so-called deep discounts. We should have noticed when the web inquiry slowed down and the phone calls slowed down. But, well, when the real estate market screeched to a halt, uh, the resort market screeched even harder. And uh, we had a whole bunch of lots on our hands. We had uh, I had a waterfront vacation home. I found myself going from a couple million dollars in the bank years earlier to two and a half million dollars in debt, oh. and this was late 2007. And John, that's when my partner bailed. He said he couldn't handle the interest payments anymore, which left me with double the interest payments. And I had a real estate income from my real estate marketing portal that was drying up at the same time. I found myself in a really difficult place. and. Oddly enough, I don't recall ever losing any sleep over this. I believed it really would work out. And this is what eventually led to my aha moment.
0: Whoa, I love that little cliffhanger there. And I do kind of want to shoot back to the beginning part of the story that you told, because Fire Nation, believe us, believe Paul, believe me early retirement, although it sounds amazing, it really isn't. And I can actually also speak from experience because, you know, I got out of the army at 26 years old, no debt, you know, six figures of savings in the bank. I was like, I'm not going to retire, but I'm just going to chill out for a while and travel and just do nothing. But man, you lose relevancy in life really fast. You're just like, wow. Oh yeah. Do I even matter? Like I remember going to the supermarket and walking around and just being like, nobody cares if I'm here or not here. Like it's kind of this weird psychological thing with humans. You know, we, want to be relevant we want to be making progress in life and so you know that's why retirement is never really what it seems to be shaped up to be when we kind of try to paint it in this great picture so fire nation that's why we have shows like this so we can say hey Maybe you don't want to retire. Maybe you're just working in the wrong job. And if you can find something that you're enjoying, that you love, that you have a passion for, then you're on the right path. And maybe one of these stories is going to spark that idea. And Paul, before you get to that aha moment that you're talking about, let's just give Fire Nation one lesson learned. In just a sentence or two, you want to make sure we pull out of your worst moment story.
1: Simon and Garfunkel. Man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. It is so easy to ignore, just to to shape the so-called facts, to fit whatever you really want to do, and what you, whatever you really want to believe. And it is so important as you mature, as we mature as entrepreneurs, to fight that tendency. And one way to do that is to get people around you who have no dog in the fight mm. to give you objective analysis and objective advice and really listen to them. And one person that can often do that for me as my wife. Sometimes she knows nothing at all uh, about the, the situation, but she has an int- intuition, a gut feel, if you will, that uh, I, I, I've painfully, much to my shame, ignored many times. And, and usually I'm wrong when I ignore her and <laughs> when I ignore the counsel of my friends.
0: You teased us with the aha moment story. Let's, let's go there, Paul. Take us there.
1: Well, it was late 2007. I found myself $2.5 million in debt and uh, feeling pretty desperate. So one morning I was I, I was up early as I always am and uh, I was actually spending some time in prayer and meditation. And the thought hit me, WWGMD, what would George Mueller do? George Mueller was a guy who lived throughout the 1800s in Bristol, England, and he was actually a Hellion. But he was a hellion-turned-saint, and he had rescued and housed thousands of orphans off the streets of England over his many decades. And uh, he had a really unique fundraising technique. He actually never told anyone what he needed. He had a very meticulous budget, and he kept very meticulous records of every, every cent that came in, but he never told anyone, not only not even his own staff. What his needs were, and he basically just prayed and he trusted God and he just did the right thing and, 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 and he worked hard and he expected that all his needs would be met. Amazingly, he raised something like 200 million dollars in today's dollars over uh, you know about 70 years of just doing this and never asking for a dime from anybody. Now, his needs were always met. And the orphanage's needs were always met, but it left some very tense and unusual situations. Like the time the orphans all recall sitting around for breakfast in the banquet hall with, uh, you know, they were all dressed for breakfast, but there was no milk and no food at all. And they prayed to, uh, to receive their breakfast, but still no breakfast. And then a knock came at the door and there was a, a bread truck Broken down outside, and the uh, the the guy delivered uh, all the bread that they needed to eat. And then a milk truck stopped by and gave them all the milk they needed. And they had their breakfast. And this happened again and again. So I'm sitting there that morning wondering, wait a minute, what would George Mueller do? How does this apply to me? Well, first of all, he wouldn't be deeply in debt. But um, I figured he. If he was, he would generously give his way out of debt. He would do something completely countercultural, something that made no sense. And somehow, mystically, it would lead to a path out. So that's what I decided to do. I told my friends who thought I needed to to declare bankruptcy. I told them I was going to uh, believe in the universal law of sowing and reaping. Some people call it karma. And uh, I gathered my family around in January of 2008, and I said, we're going to begin to give to organizations we're really passionate about. So I acted like I had a half million dollars in the bank when uh, when really it was just quite the opposite. Four weeks later, I was in a Subway restaurant at Smith Mountain Lake, and we had given uh, quite a bit of money that month, that month. And... I told a friend who was a real estate developer about the situation and specifically I told him about a parcel of land that I could not subdivide to develop at the lake. He made what was basically an offhanded comment that set a fire in my brain and gave me a new idea on a different way to subdivide that land. Well, I had to jump through a lot of hoops with bankers and with the county. Everything was on the up and up, but One thing led to another, and 13 months later, I went from $2.5 million in debt to completely debt-free. I even paid off my own house during that 13 months. Now, I had to work hard. I invested a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of creative energy, but John, I'm absolutely convinced that this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't started out by generously giving away the money we had.
0: Love this story, and there's actually a couple fun facts that I want to share about George that I learned uh, while you were chatting. Number one, he has very impressive eyebrows. Now, all you need to do is Google (laughs) it, Fire Nation, you'll figure out what I mean. Uh, Number two is that he died at the age of 92, so he lives a very great long life. And he died in the year 1898, which is the same year that my island of Puerto Rico was absorbed by the USA. So I kind of feel a connection to him at that. As he was passing away, Puerto Rico was becoming part of the USA. So a couple of interesting facts about George and Paul, what do you want to make sure that our listeners get from that story, from your aha moment?
1: It's really easy to think if I won the lottery. That I would be really, really generous. Or if I, you know, made $10 million and my ship came in, I began to give, I begin to give. But I don't really think that's true because I think we are a miniature version today of who we're going to become in the end. And so we need to start being generous with our time, our resources, our money today. And that will help us get to the place of abundance.
0: Wow. Love that message. Love that story. And Paul, fast forwarding to today, what are you most fired up about? What is setting you on fire right now?
1: Well, I'm guessing most of your listeners are familiar with Tom's Shoes. If you buy a pair of Tom's Shoes, you don't have to share your shoes with a needy person in another country, but you, um, you can know that Tom's Shoes is donating a second pair of shoes to a needy child in a third world country now you don 't get to choose where those shoes go, but you can know that they 're donating those shoes. My company's called Welling's Capital, and we allow our investors to have the opportunity to profit from one of the most stable stable, profitable assets on the planet, which is uh, commercial multifamily real estate, large apartments now investors, like with tom 's shoes, get to keep all their own profits, but investors instruct us on where they'd like us to invest our internal profits to a large extent to change the world. If it's something they're passionate about, and it's something we agree that we're passionate about, we're going to invest a significant portion of our internal profits toward that thing to change the world. And we're particularly passionate, John, about fighting human trafficking um, it 's a gro- global threat to men, women, and children all over the world it 's an injustice that's, uh, affecting millions on every continent it 's every year, every socio and economic level. Um, believe it or not, human trafficking generates one hundred and fifty billion dollars a year from twenty one million victims now, to put that in perspective that 's double the annual record profits the record profits of Apple nike starbucks and general motors combined 98 percent of the victims are women and children wellings capital is funneling a large portion of our profits to thwart human trafficking and rescue victims uh, to tell them that they're not a piece of garbage that they're valuable and precious and we're excited to work with our investors to place our internal profits with organizations doing this important work We've got, uh, we've got our favorite organizations, including um, an organization of uh, ex-military people who are using satellite tracking and going in and rescuing these victims. But we want our investors to tell us their favorite organizations. It could be people fighting trafficking, drilling water wells in third world countries, putting orphans in homes, or fighting injustice of all kinds around the globe. We want to fund those type of things with our internal profits.
0: Fire Nation, I hope you're as inspired as I am by what Paul's doing, the mission, the life that he's leading. And he's not gonna stop here because he's gonna continue dropping value bombs in the lightning round. So don't you go anywhere because we will be right back. I love seeing small businesses come up with innovative and inspiring ideas. I mean, come on. The world we live in is pretty incredible. One example. Did you know that you can help combat global climate change and make money at the same time? It's possible with Wonder Capital. Wonder Capital is an award-winning online investment platform that allows individuals to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S. Wonder's online investment platform allows you to earn up to 8.5% annually while curbing pollution and combating global climate change at the same time. Your investment in Wonder's fully managed solar investment funds goes directly to helping U.S. small and medium sized businesses install solar panels. As they repay their loans, monthly payments are deposited right into your account. And best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't even take fees for investing your money. Visit wondercapital.com slash fire. That's Wonder with a U and create an account for free. To- today. That's wondercapital.com slash fire. Wonder Capital. Do well and do good if you're stuck when it comes to designing your next logo website or even your business cards then it's time to stop wasting time and start taking action and design crowd can help design crowd is a crowdsourcing platform that gives you access to 500,000 creative minds from around the world who can come up with amazing designs for you all you have to do is launch your brief and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review within hours you'll receive your first design and over the course of several days a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from. All that's left to do is to pick the best design and approve payment to the designer. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on DesignCrowd. Paul, are you prepared for the lightning round? I am ready. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I was working at Ford Motor Company, and the only thing that was holding me back was the right opportunity. Uh, An MBA partner of mine uh, and I were looking at doing an oil chain shop in uh, Metro Detroit, and then we talked about doing a tax consulting firm. We eventually landed on an HR consulting firm known as a professional employer organization or a PEO. My wife was seven months pregnant and I left the benefits and security of Ford to jump into this. And we actually ran that company for five years and we sold it to a publicly traded firm in 1997.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Generosity and benevolence are the path to having more, not less. Hoarding wealth and greed are paths to misery and a useless life. A great proverb says, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty.
0: What is a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: John, I'm a high D type A personality, so it's not natural for me to slow down at all. So my goal is, like I mentioned earlier, most mornings I try to wake up early and spend an hour in silence, prayer, and meditation.
0: If you could share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation, what would it be?
1: I've had a hard time keeping up with my clients and contacts, appointments and follow ups over the years. And uh, last year I discovered HubSpot, which is a comprehensive online contact management company. I really like their templates, the way they integrate with uh, Google Analytics and websites and all types of social media campaigns. Fire Nation, if you don't have a contact management system, you really need one.
0: And I can tell you HubSpot does a great conference every year called Inbound in Boston, so check it out. And Paul, if you could recommend one book to join the perfect investment, your book on our bookshelves, what would it be and why?
1: Well, as a serial entrepreneur, I've always struggled to focus on one thing at a time. So to do that and do it well, I've uh, really enjoyed the book One Thing by Gary Keller.
0: And Jay Papazon, past guest of EO Fire. I definitely have to make sure Jay gets his credit due. Right. And Paul, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Well, EO Fire listeners, the fact that you're listening to this podcast shows you're on a path to uh, future wealth and success But like I said earlier, who you are today is a mini version of who you're becoming and who you'll be in the end. And money will just magnify your strengths and your weaknesses. So don't believe the lie that you're going to be the person you want to be when you get to that point. It doesn't work that way. It's really the reverse. Start giving away your time, your money, your energy to serve others now. It's going to come back to you in spades for decades to come. Our listeners can reach us at wellingscapital.com. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-G-S, capital.com. And we're offering a special free report covering the nine reasons commercial multifamily investors rarely pay substantial taxes on their very substantial profits. This is one of the most surprisingly happy benefits of what we do, and we're delighted to share it with your listeners. You can get that at wellingscapital.com slash fire you can email me at paul at wellingscapital.com and uh, my book the perfect investment is available on amazon and like i said we've got a wealth building podcast called how to lose money
0: (laughs) i love all of this and fire nation You're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, and hello, you've been hanging out with JLD and PM today, so keep up the heat, and head over to eofire.com. Just type Paul in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, meaning you can click on a link and jump right to that part in the interview. Links galore, and of course, check out wellingscapital.com slash fire for your free gift you have a question about what we've talked about i just want to say thank you or hi to paul paul at wellingscapital.com and of course snag his book the perfect investment to learn the great ideas that paul's experienced and is willing to share with you uh, over the years of his journey and paul thank you for sharing your journey with us today for that we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side Hey, Fire Nation, I hope you enjoyed our chat with Paul today. And if you are ready to master productivity, master discipline, and master focus in just 100 days, visit themasteryjournal.com and I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side.